Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people, and welcome to our show. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. You know, anybody can welcome to our show. And today I'm excited to discuss about traveling with Danin Dustin. How are you? Hello, Anatoly. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Okay. Uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, because you shared before the episode. Uh, yeah, you you have impressive, uh, uh, brilliant experience. And I check out your LinkedIn profile. I found a lot of insights. Can you tell more about you? Well, as you said, I'm Deneen Dustin, and I live in this beautiful state of Utah in the United States. I am a Utahn by birth, but I actually grew up in Australia. I did most of my primary school in Australia. So that was really a really exciting way to start my life, I guess you could say, and it really catapulted me into my love of travel. Um, I've also lived in Bogota, Colombia and several other cities in Colombia, South America. I was actually a service missionary for my church many, many decades ago. I have three children, three grandchildren with one on the way. And then, as you said, I do work in the travel industry for a company called Morris Murdoch Travel in Salt Lake City, Utah. I love to travel, of course, and I also love hiking, especially in the winter. I've learned to love to hike in the winter in the snow and because then there won't be any snakes. I'm kind of scared of snakes. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't know about snake experience. <laughs> I, I, I usually visit some places without snakes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, it's interesting that um, uh, the first time when uh, I met with hiking, uh, that was in Hawaii when my brothers told me, okay, let's go to Hawaii. And uh, I uh, came there and I thought that we can have these awesome beaches, you know, spend time there. But no way, we we uh, we spent all, all the time hiking, you know, to uh, to see this environment, uh, to analyze. Uh, I don't know to to see everything because if you uh, want to visit Hawaii, it's better to uh, have this experience with hiking, you know, because you, uh, it's it's hard to see just only one beach, you know. That's it, you know. It's it's boring. Okay, uh, let's talk about your experience. Uh, when you know, I see you're smiling. Uh, that means you love your occupation. You love your uh, traveling experience and from my point of view if you love your job you can get high results and you are not tired you can work hard you know to uh, to get this experience how you uh, found your passion how was i born to my passion is that yeah, what you asked traveling yeah well like i said i really do believe that when i was young and my parents this was in the 70s the mid 1970s when travel or i shouldn't say travel I don't think people lived abroad as much as they do now. I think that was a real leap of faith for my parents to take three little children under the age of six across the globe. And when we were in Australia, they took it. We lived in two different cities and they would take us all over the place on the weekends. And even going there, we stopped along the way, you know, in Hawaii and Fiji and New Zealand. And I think a real love and passion for travel really was planted in me as a little girl at the age of six. And then um, again, like I said, when I was in my early 20s living abroad in South America, I was able to learn Spanish and learn a whole different culture. 
And I just fell in love with the idea of just learning about other people and about traditions and things like that. I actually got a master's degree in American studies, but a really big focus of that is what is called folklore. And that is the study of culture, traditions, storytelling, things like that. So really, I think a lot of it is just a real love and interest and curiosity of, about other people around the world. And um, so when this job opened that I currently have, I'm going on my sixth year, well, I, leading up to that, I remember thinking, I really want to find a career in the travel industry. What is it though? What is it I'm going to be doing? Because I have other people that I know that would say, well, I've, I've traveled for a living and I went to meetings. You know, I'd fly to a different state or a different country, but I was in meetings the whole week. I never even got to visit anything outside of the hotel. So I'm like, no, that's not what I want. I don't know what it is, but I think it's out there. And so when this job surfaced, it really was so custom for me, I think, that I was able to actually be paid to see the world, to actually engage with other people um, that I take along with me because I take big groups and I host big groups, but also when I'm there in that country or in that destination, I can learn about the culture, learn about their traditions and really get to know people. Um, so it's just been the perfect thing for me. Yeah. It really has been the perfect thing. And I'm here to tell you I'm in my fifties and I didn't find my dream job till I was in my fifties. So if people are still looking for that dream job, don't give up because it might take a while to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the very the average data. Uh, according to a few studies, 70% of people uh, don't leave uh, their uh, cities, state, and never travel. Uh, how you can uh, uh, encourage them to, uh, I don't know, like uh, to go outside the box uh, from their comfort zone and to see the world, uh, to learn uh, different cultures as you do? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, well, for starters, COVID was good for me for a lot of things. It was bad also, especially for the travel industry. <laughs> However, it um, kind of forced me to check out the things in my own backyard, so to speak. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of how beautiful Southern Utah is. We have Bryce Canyon, you know, um, Zions, so many different national parks. I can't list them all. I wouldn't remember them all. A year ago, right now, I took my entire family, my parents, my kids, my grandkids, my husband, and we went down and visited several national parks. We did a lot of hiking, and I was really proud of myself. We went and did something in my own state, something that in all these years, I had never taken the time or made the effort to visit. So I think, first of all, you need to decide where it is you want to go, and it might be in your own state. It might not be that far away from home, and that's okay, but find something new and different. Do some research. Find out some things in your own area that are really interesting and fascinating to you. Put it on your calendar. Start making the plans. Too many of us, don't you think? Um, we'll say, I'll get around to it. We'll, we'll do this next year or we'll do this in a, you know, in a few years. Really have some action items in place. Another thing that I have a cousin, and I think this is really cool what she does, they take a big family vacation every year. And I was talking to her the other day and I said, wow, that's expensive. To me, any kind of travel, even if it is in your own backyard, depending on how many people you're taking, it can add up. 
you know, it can it can be pricey. And so I think that's a, an excuse a lot of people use is they just don't have the money. Well, she has a travel um, bank account. And so every single paycheck, she puts so much money into that account. So they save the funds so that they have the money every year already designated for their trips. And so, like I said, find some action items that you can do. Start doing your research, put it on the calendar, start saving your money. And if you can't do something really exotic and really big, maybe, you know, you want to go to Europe or something, make a five-year plan, how you're going to plan and save and put that all, you know, get things working so that you can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned uh, about storytelling. Uh, I think, um, yeah, you know, uh, marketing uh, can proclaim that you don't need to sell your products, you need to share your story. And with traveling industry, is more important uh, to share your story because uh, I never traveled before uh, reading reviews, uh, uh, before uh, check out uh, some information about the places that I'm going to visit. Uh, tell how to craft your story. Uh, that means you need to see these places to uh, to, uh, to sell uh, this location or um, you can learn from uh, other experience and to uh, create the story. So first of all, my lighting is getting very weird here with my lines. So I'm going to fix this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's there we go. So I don't have stripes on my face. How's that? Yeah, it's um, good. <laughs> yeah. So I would love for so you're talking about the stories. Story I'm not quite sure yeah. what the question is. The question: How to craft your story, uh, and uh, in order to sell your products? Oh, well, for me, it's I have to go there. Mm-hmm. The, the destinations that I sell most um, easily are destinations that I have visited. Because honestly, there really has never been a place that I've visited that I haven't loved. And as you can tell, I'm very animated. I'm very excited about things. <laughs> I have a lot of energy. <laughs> and so, for example, I was taken, I get invited on a lot of um, educational trips. I'm invited by hotels, resorts, CVBs, uh, tour operators, and they treat me to these all-expense-paid trips so I can learn the destination and then come back and sell it to my clientele. So several years ago, I was invited on a trip to Morocco. I was invited to go to Marrakesh. I'd never been to the continent of Africa even. And so when I went, I fell madly in love with Marrakesh. Well, all of Morocco really, I've since gone. I went three times, I ended up going three times in 18 months. And since going there, I've been able to come back and sell it to my clients and with, I just am passionate and have stories to tell. But I think it's important when you do have a story that you also fine tune your story. I have to be careful that I don't talk too long when I share things with people. I could go on and on about the different experiences I've had, but I think you have to also learn to keep it concise and maybe not tell the whole thing, just the nutshell version. And then if they want more, they will come to you and you can share more details later. But it is important, I think, any industry that you're in, especially if you're in sales, that you do have a story to tell. And you've done it in such a way that it really grabs people's attention. 
and they really want to listen. They, they know that what you have to say is important. <laughs> and so it draws them in to hear more. Okay. Uh, yeah. For example, uh, uh, I like your approach when uh, hotels or some companies can pay for your <laughs> traveling, you know, to share the story, to sell uh, their locations. Um, uh, I think uh, it depends on your experience. They know you and they want to pay. What um, uh, if someone uh, is passionate and want to start in this industry uh, and have no money? Uh, he, uh, for example, uh, this person can't go to any places and hotels can't invite them. Where to start, you know? Ooh, like I said, that's that's a really good question. I I think the biggest thing is really maybe starting small, starting small with something nearby. Maybe you won't even take an airplane. Maybe you're going to drive yourself there. But I think it's important to do your best to save the money for that trip. Because I think it's really easy in this day and age to always rip out the credit card and put things on a credit card. But for me, Christmas or vacations or things like that, that are supposed to be happy occasions, can end up being almost a negative if you then, once it's over, have this huge credit card that you, debt that you need to now start working to pay off. And you kind of get yourself deeper and deeper. So I would say just start small. And even if it's just a weekend getaway or a one night kind of a, a thing, um, I've been able to cram a lot of things into, like you said, just driving to Southern Utah. Every state, every country, every state within every country has something fabulous to see. And I think too often we're like, well, where I live, it's not very exciting. It's not that beautiful. There's not a lot to do. I think you can Google any city in the world, like find the top 10 things to do in da, da, da. And you're going to have a list pop up a museum, a little cafe, a park, things that don't necessarily even cost money to go visit, a hike. Find things that are super cost effective if money especially is what is holding you back. But if you really want to travel, you will make it happen. You, if you make it a top priority. To me, I feel like most of us, if we have, if we prioritize our desires and the things that we really want to do and accomplish in life, we will make it happen, but you have to put a plan into place. And it includes, as I said, the money and the savings and everything, but also getting it on the calendar and booking a hotel or the flights or figuring out your itinerary and determining what your budget is, sticking to a budget, but just Start small. It doesn't have yeah. to be anything huge to have a really special, memorable experience. Yeah, completely agree. You know, and, and meeting people. And I talk about meeting other, you know, people in other cultures and other, you know, destinations in your again in your own city, in your own state, in your own country. You can meet fascinating people that. It doesn't, you don't have to go very far to be fascinating, interesting people that can enrich your life. Yeah, yeah. love it, love it. Okay, okay uh, let's talk about um, 
Uh, I want to share uh, an example from my uh, personal life. Uh, once I uh, told my wife we are going to Egypt uh, to this hotel, and she she replied to me, "No, we will we won't go to this hotel." I I ask why? Because check out uh, five negative reviews on this hotel. <laughs> It's interesting, you know. Uh, Uh, um, when I open uh, this link, uh, I, I found four uh, thousand positive reviews <laughs> and five negative reviews. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people are different. Um, okay, uh, when you um, uh, have experience, uh, when you know uh, the hotel, the location, I mean, like uh, environment, you felt on your skin, and uh, how do you know that um, uh, when you sell? this location to your customers they will love it uh because we are different yeah some someone can tell wow it's the best place in the world the, uh, others can tell no way it's the worst place in the, in the world yeah yes. share your insights oh my goodness that's yeah excellent question i actually just brought a group back from a destination a week ago and we just we we do surveys we do client surveys to mm -hmm. see what everyone thought of the trip And it was fascinating because we got the uh, results yesterday and I was reading through them and I would say 80% of them said, love where you took us, loved it so, so much. The, the area, you know, the neighborhood, um, the rest, everything they loved. It. And then there were 10%. It was too far away from everything. It wasn't high end enough. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I have all these people who were raving it. It was the best part of their trip. because we say, what was, you know, basically rank the best things of your experience. It was the best thing for most everyone. But then you had a couple, like two people out of the whole thing. Nah, didn't love it. It was not nice enough for me. And I'm going at first, I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't make everybody happy. And I thought, no, I can't make everyone happy. No matter in anything in life, right? Whether it's my job or, with your family members, it's pretty hard to make everybody happy. And so I've learned that you just do the best you can. And so what I do do, Anatoly, is when I propose um, a destination for a client, typically I give them two to three options within that destination. So if we are going to Marrakesh, Morocco, I'm going to usually give them a kind of a higher price point, a middle and a lower end. I like it when I have at least been to that resort, but Honestly, think of how many resorts and hotels are throughout this entire world. It's absolutely impossible for me to know every single hotel in the world. Um, but if I've been there, it really helps to talk about it from my experience. But as you said, just because I love it doesn't necessarily mean my client or their attendees are going to love it either. And so I always just hope that I will take them to a place that for the most part, overall, everyone has a very lovely experience. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's more just as positive as possible. I don't know if I'm answering your question. I just know that it is, that's one of the stresses that I do face is figuring out the best places to take people. But ultimately they have a choice because I don't just say, this is where you're going. I give them options. I tell them the pros, I tell them the cons. But like you said, in your experience with the hotel in Egypt, If you were to see the reviews, I think you're always going to, even if it's the best place to most people on the planet, there are always going to be people negative, right? That find almost, it's almost like they like to find something negative and they, tr they work really hard to find something negative. And you're like, are you serious? 
personality sometimes isn't that sad but yeah it's the same with the book uh, harry potter oh you know i can hear some echo now uh can can you hear some echo no not on my end okay okay uh, no worries okay and uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, harry potter uh, has two uh, percent of negative reviews on amazon <laughs> that means two percent of people estimated this book uh, the words that they've written you know yeah to uh, but it's only two percent 98 percent replied yeah it's the best book <laughs> uh yeah that's why uh, yeah two percent is almost next to zero right so it's all, yeah. you do you just have to i guess kind of just hope that for the, again the vast majority are are going to be happy and enjoy where you yeah. take them Okay, let's talk about uh, creating your message. For example, uh, mm. um, if you want to sell uh, uh, some uh, new places or uh, it doesn't matter, you have new uh, clients, what type of message do you use? I mean, like video content, uh, text-based content, uh, social media, Google. Uh, how do you find these uh, customers and uh, craft the right message? Ooh, I do use a lot of social media. Mm-hmm. Um I don't, I rarely put stuff out there that's salesy, like call me or email me if you want to go on a trip. I rarely, rarely do kind of that call to action, I guess you could say. But I feel like I have been working at crafting my story through a lot of videos and photos of my various trips. Um, A lot of those trips are with my family. I mean, I just did a weekend that my parents took us all on a trip this weekend to Las Vegas. And I just posted a little bit on uh, LinkedIn about it. I do personal stuff on LinkedIn. Um, I just want people to get to know who I am, that they can trust me. I want, I think that's a big factor in, um, at least in my line of work, people or companies are spending vast amounts of money on these trips, as you can imagine. And I take it very seriously because I know um, when you invest that kind of money in your people, you expect a really excellent end result. And so I um, hope that I've been sending the right message through social media about my profession, letting them know what I do, because a lot of people will message me saying, will you please book a trip for me and my spouse to go on a cruise? I'm like, I'm not a travel agent. I can absolutely refer you to a travel agent. We have lots of excellent travel agents, but I'm actually in sales and I create group travel experiences for corporations. So I've been trying to fine tune even my headline, you know, on LinkedIn um, so that people have a, try to have a better understanding of what it is I do and what I sell. And then, like I said, through my content, just showing them different places that I've been. And interestingly enough, in this last, I'd say eight months, I've had, I think four people reach out to me on LinkedIn. One that wasn't even connected to me asking for proposals. And I've I've gotten business from LinkedIn. And again, without being too salesy, but just letting people know what it is I do. And I think they search and they find okay, we're going to be doing this experience. We need help. We can't do this internally. And so, but it's important how you brand yourself, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. It, you can do things that people are so turned off. See, I think you have to be really careful in this day and age what you put out there. A hundred percent. You know, it's not only about uh, traveling industry. Uh, I think uh, all brands should uh, provide value first uh, to craft the right message uh, because most customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands. If uh, it's better to create this feeling guilty to give some people think back, you know, when you help others uh, to share your experience, to explain about some uh, it's not, uh, yeah, uh, on social media, it's better to avoid uh, overselling, uh, salesing, and yeah, to provide some different experience. Can you tell more uh, about um, selling to groups? Uh, you mentioned that you sell uh, to groups, uh, but groups are different, you know. <laughs> uh, for example, if you sell to company and they want to provide experience uh, to their employees, and but uh, they are different, you know. Someone likes uh, beaches, uh, others uh, might like, uh, I don't know, uh, mountains, uh, winter, summer. How to sell this group uh, to unite with one goal? Well, typically, the you know, the event planner for that company might be the CEO. Sometimes it, it's just a different, it's just random. Every company that I work with has a different key point of contact. I think they kind of have a feel for what overall their culture is of their company. And so they, I've, I've ever, I rarely have to be the one to make that determination. They will come to me and say, oh, we're totally used to going to a beach destination. We always go in January because we live in a, you know, an area that's very wintry in January. So we want to get out of that in January. We need it to be an all-inclusive. So all the drinks and food, room service, all included. Lots and lots of customers want that. Um, then I have other groups that, you know, we just want Hawaii. Just take us to a new island every year. So that part hasn't been too challenging, honestly, so far. Every so often there's someone that says to me, I don't know where to start. You know, I, I'm not sure where to take our group. So then I'll give them kind of maybe four or five choices that run the gamut, kind of what you said, maybe a, a, a mountain destination, um, something that's more, maybe it's Europe mm -hmm. and it's going to be more visiting, you know, cultural, having cultural experiences something that's high adventure. We're going to go do, you know, zip lining and ATVs, um, riding camels maybe along the beach in Cabo. Um, so, so far, Mike, I've taken, I don't know, many, many groups so far. We've gotten really good responses of the places we've taken them. So I think the company themselves that hire me typically have a good feel of what it is that their their groups are going to want. But yeah, it can be tricky for sure. Because again, it comes back to what I said earlier. You're just it's just too hard to please every single person. So they themselves always do their best, I think, just to figure out what overall will sit well with their with their people that, you know, potentially could earn this trip. Okay, good idea. Valuable. What about uh competition uh i mean like <laughs> uh for example uh 
uh, when we have uh, big websites like Expedia, Kayak, m- m- many, many other sure. recognizable brands, I think um, they are competitors in some way. I, I can't tell that uh, uh, they can provide uh, everything. Yes, uh, I think you have your unique selling proposition uh, to provide different experience uh, or, uh, for example, to help others to save their time. But uh, can you tell your unique selling proposition how you to compete with big brands? Very good question. I would say I don't feel like they're my competitors so much, those kinds of brands. Um, We have other competitors that do very similar to what we do that are in our state and all over the world. But I tell people if they want to do something, you know, maybe they do want to go the route of an Expedia or something like that. That's really tricky, especially for big groups. We offer such concierge service. I mean, you could have a group of 3,000 going on a trip, this group trip experience, we will book every single one of those air tickets. We have a whole air team at Morris Meetings and Incentives. They will work individually with every single one of those trip earners to make sure that they can get the best route for their, you know, the best itinerary, the flight itinerary. We We build websites for all of our clients way ahead of time so that they can use these as marketing tools so that everyone in the company that could potentially earn this trip, they can look at all the places we're going to, you know, all the experiences they're going to be having the hotel, the resort, all the inclusions to get them excited to earn the trip. Then they end up registering there. We take all their information, their preferred flight or air carrier, um, their, you know, sky miles account, all of that. Um, We have a whole department dedicated to working just individually with the trip earner and the trip earner's families because so many of our clients allow at least a guest and many of them allow them to bring family kids maybe grandparents things like that and they have questions they have all kinds of questions how do i get a car seat once i land i need a car seat for my children how are you getting us from the airport to the hotel we take care of all of that they can reach out to us and get they get, we have help when they're tra- flying, literally when they leave to fly and when they leave to come home, we have on-call air. So we're there every step of the way where if you have an Expedia or some of these other companies, you might be on hold a long time and in a queue trying to get a live person that doesn't even know your story, your situation. We actually really get to know our attendees through this process, as you can imagine, I'm taking a group next week. No, this Sunday I leave for uh, Mexico. And there is a couple going with their children. Mm-hmm. They, one of them earned the trip. I'm not sure if it was the husband or the wife bringing mm-hmm. the spouse and the children, maybe even some grandparents. They're renewing their wedding vows on this trip. So they're going a few days earlier from the group start date to go down and renew their vows. And we were able to help them make that happen. And so we're very, very personalized, very customized, because my belief is, think about it. When you have a trip planned, don't you think a lot of the fun of it is the anticipation? It's looking forward to the trip. It's making, checking out where it is you want to go, where you want to eat, what clothes you're going to pack. If we make that a positive experience. It just enhances everything. To me, it's more than just the trip itself. It's everything leading up to that trip is so key that we make that very positive and very happy for our clients' attendees. 
Yeah, great, great. You know, uh, from my experience, uh, we often argue about uh, uh, destination, uh, hotel. <laughs> yeah, it takes time to to research this information, to learn and think where we are going or not, why we need to take it, which time. Yeah, I completely agree. If someone can take care about all of them yeah it saves time uh, even uh, more your mood <laughs> nervous you know yes yeah. well i think if, if they're stressed out and upset pre-travel it can totally bleed into the travel itself i mean they're going to go with a negative attitude and maybe even though the trip itself is great they could just be kind of down and out to start with so we do everything in our power as a company to, and again, we're not perfect, but we do do our very best in making every step very um, memorable and positive. Yeah, you know, I want to share one secret. Nobody is perfect. Nope. <laughs> yeah, but it's better. We have to be patient with each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> and be more compassionate when we mess up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's better to learn you know if you fail yeah it's better to learn new experience and yeah to consider these mistakes <laughs> in the future okay uh, can you share more insights how uh, you learn customers uh, for example you have Ooh. a new customer and yes. um, uh, it's not only uh, uh, to know uh, uh, about uh, this uh, mean like uh, the customer loves beaches or mountains i think uh, it's far away from everything yeah it's better to uh, learn uh, about uh, i don't know uh, the budget uh, the type of hotel or uh, um, i don't know some excursion uh, can you share more insights how you learn customers a lot of communication mm-hmm. um more and more i you know before COVID, I'd only done, I think, one or two Zoom calls. And now I do a lot. Of, I've won, in fact, in an hour from now with a, a prospective client. Um, we had a long conversation, a Zoom call, uh, two or three weeks ago. And I was basically interviewing him. And I have my paper. And I'm asking him every imaginable question about his attendees, what it is that will make them want and this particular client they're actually going to pay money they're not earning it it's one if he sells these trips as a company and they can um just buy in um their ceos and and people like that the c-suite that it's his way his company is to help people connect and network through traveling together so i needed to know what kind of trips he feels like would sell and so and what kind of budget? Of course, that's very key. Knowing the but you know the price point, do they want a lot of excursions built in, or would they rather do that on their own? Do they want all the meals built in? Would they rather have you know? Is that what you're asking me? It's just how to find out by a lot of inter- and so now I've done proposals for him. Now today's the follow up. We're going to delve into these proposals everything that I've included, what the cost is, and see if he wants to take something off, if he wants to tweak it, add something else in. But I also have gotten to know my clients through traveling together because a lot of times we do what are called site inspections. They're very important to go and visit different hotels in the destinations they're considering to really see if that would work for their attendees. And of and of course, as when you travel with people, 
you really get to know each other for good and for bad, right? <laughs> and so when I've had that opportunity to travel with my clients and my prospective clients, I get such a better feel of what it is they really want. Because I'll say to them, I know you have this vision of how you want this trip to be for your attendees. And I want to do everything in my power to make that vision come to life. I want everyone's dreams to come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're not going to do that unless you really do get to know them, the, the person you're working with. Because who better knows their attendees than they that work with them on a daily basis? So I'm not really going to get to know the attendees until they start traveling with me. Um, but initially, I just have to rely on, on the, that contact within that company and, and just find creative ways to, you know, I check, I send birthday cards, I send birthday gifts. Um, I do a lot of texting, just checking in and building a level of trust and friendship that's genuine. I have to remember that when I build these relationships, I have to go into it that I'm really thinking of them as a person, not a prospective client per se, because if business doesn't work out, I still want to care about them as a person and a friend. Other people may disagree and say, it's just business. I, I don't know. I, everybody has such value and worth. I look at people beyond the business and I want to care about them as an individually first and foremost. And to me, it's just kind of the cherry on top if we end up being able to partner together. And if not, I still have a new friend, hopefully. Yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, it's like building uh, relationships more than uh, selling your products. And, you know, in marketing, we have uh, uh, we have uh, such meaning like uh, time value. Yes, if your customer... Uh, uh, will get back uh, many times and uh, order more services. That means you have a high quality product. Yeah, to um, yeah, like it. Okay, uh, can you share more insights about um, building relationships with your uh, uh, clients? For example, many of them are busy. You know, they have no time with that. They have no time to uh, fill uh, some forms about their trips. Uh, how to save this time and learn what they want to get? Oh, so a lot of people that I work with, I mean, in this day and age, people are very busy, right? Yeah. I have to tell you just a little side note. That is my biggest pet peeve because I feel like every time I see someone say, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm swamped. I'm buried. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I think that is the biggest relationship killer in our society right now, or one of the biggest relationship killers. because. If you, if you keep telling people you're busy, I think they will be less likely to ever try and engage with you, whether it's family or in the workplace. And so I think it's really important that we get a grip on things. <laughs> and even if I'm busy, I do not use that word. I'll say things are hopping or I'm anxiously engaged or things like that. Because I really believe, like you said earlier, if you really want something to happen and to be accomplished, make it a priority. Make sure you fit it into your schedule and make it a priority. We can all, we all fit in what it is we want to fit in, in a day, in a week, in a month. And so I think it just can send a message that you're not organized and that you're not, um, that you don't have your act together. So I will say that will caveat. <laughs> that said, I do have a lot of people that will say to me, 
I'm just too busy to even really talk to you about what it is we need. Just kind of read my mind and come up with something. Is that kind of what you're asking me is how do I kind of, if they don't have the time to build the relationship, how do I manage that? I have so many proposals now in my library and I can draw from other salespeople. There are 11 salespeople at Morris Meetings and Incentives. Between all of us, I don't know how many, I mean, at least a hundred years of experience of in the travel industry, especially in the incentive world. I really draw on their knowledge and their things, the things, destinations they've proposed. I'll tell them what kind of industry I'm working with right now in terms of, you know, figuring out a new trip destination and get ideas from them of the right hotel brands to use, things like that. So I definitely can find ways if my clients are just too busy to really um, take a lot of time to share with me what it is they're looking for. I just need really basic stuff then from them. How many people, what's the maximum that are going to travel, your preferred travel dates, budget. If they can give me a budget, that's really helpful, even just an approximate per person budget. And some of the key things, of course, how, how many nights, is it inclusive, all, inclusive or all inclusive or not? Do you want the ground transportation? Do you want the air? Probably, you know, six questions to get started. And then again, I will give them several different options that are kind of across the, the board that they can choose from. Hopefully I've answered your question. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, I have the last question. Uh, for example, if uh, someone uh, wanna jump on this niche, where to start? I mean, like uh, to learn more. Uh, I know um, you mentioned that you need to travel to uh, feel uh, all these places, but uh, how to learn? Uh, about this niche for example um, uh, i can share my experience uh, i read blog posts i listen to audio podcasts uh, i watch youtube videos uh, read marketing books uh, because i love this experience uh, can you share your insights how to learn uh, uh, to get knowledge uh, by learning about the incentive world the incentive travel world yes yes Ooh. Because I got uh, that you need to travel, yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, how to get additional knowledge? Uh, for example, if you have only laptop uh, or smartphone, internet, that's it. You know, <laughs> no money, no skills. Uh, and but uh, uh, you you feel that passion uh, is enough, you know, to go this way. Well, I would say probably honestly, and this is the answer to a lot of things, right? Go to as my husband says, go to the Googles. We're going to go to the Googles. I would try, I would, the key things to really search for would be reward trip, incentive trip or travel, president's clubs. That's a real, that's what a lot of companies title these group trips is president's club, uh, circle of excellence, things like that. But when you do that, there are a lot of magazines. There are a lot of magazines that are out there not just random little things, you know, that pop up on Google, lots of magazines that are dedicated specifically to the incentive travel world, monthly magazines um, with really interesting articles, especially throughout COVID, you know, the different countries that are open, who's going to be requiring vaccines, you know, what their quarantine time is like if you go there, blah, 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 all that kind of information. So probably looking for magazines that have are chock full of information very specific to this industry. 
and you can find them online. Quite a few of them that are online. Uh, you shared my loving method, you know, Google. <laughs> Just go to Google, type your keyword. And, you know, for example, uh, if I want to learn something new about marketing, for example, LinkedIn marketing, I type LinkedIn marketing guide, uh, tutorial. That's it, you know, <laughs> you can get a bunch of stuff uh, and learn from them. Okay, I have the last question. Uh, how people can reach out to you, learn more about you and order your services? Well, I am easily found. I'm, I think I'm about the only Deneen Dustin on the planet. Like, I, th I think I really am the only one. <laughs> There's hardly any Deneens, especially spelled my way. And then with my last name. So I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I am on... Um, I have, yeah, those are the three main social media platforms that I use frequently. And then um, you can also look at our company, which is Morris Meetings and Incentives. We have a beautiful website that explains our mission and everything, all of our services. So yeah, that would be the best way just to look at our website or reach out to me directly. Um, I also do sell Delta vacation packages for those that are always loving to fly on Delta Airlines. I can do packages all around the world for individuals, couples, families, small groups. I've actually used Delta Vacations for some clientele that are taking you know, groups of like 20, 24, and they have a smaller budget. I can do Delta Vacations for them as well and save them some money. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Like going through you know, our company, fully through the, you know, Morris meetings and incentives. But I can also, one thing I will throw out there for companies that do big meetings and conventions, I do what is called sourcing. And that is just getting their room blocks for them. I can work on finding hotel space and convention space. They will never be invoiced from me. They will never pay me a dime because the hotels actually send a commission to me. And so that's been something that a lot of clients have been having me do for them is just sourcing the hotel room blocks for them, for their conventions, meetings, things like that. Yeah, great. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time, guys. You can find all the mentioned links in the description below. Listen to us on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose. Uh, thanks a lot, Danin. You know, yeah, uh, by the way, when I started this episode, I decided to check out your name, how to pronounce correctly, and uh, I couldn't find it. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's unique name. It is unique. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, very unique. <laughs> okay uh, thanks a lot for your time yeah i appreciate that you share this time to uh for all your valuable insights and uh, thank you for having me i've enjoyed it so much thank you thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.